Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Training Unleashed. Start off, I want to thank my sponsors, C-Suite TV and Radio. Without them, we wouldn't have a show. Today, we have a great guest, Lori Wallace. She is the founder of Career Oncology. And what I love about her is she thinks about the workplace like totally and completely differently. And one of the things I think that's going to be interesting here, because, you know, a lot of people on the show listen, not listening a lot, but hopefully everyone who's here is a listener. I don't know what you do otherwise. But anyhow, a lot of people here are involved in the hiring process. And we've had other guests that really talked about that too. But I really like to have her talk about when you may personally want to consider a transition. Um, and she has sort of a thing where she says, the day in the life of a, excuse me, a modern day hero journey. So Lori, what is a modern day hero journey? Oh, such a good question. You know, I've been doing this for over 30 years and I find that every person I talk to, I don't, it doesn't matter if they're a CEO or if they're a new grad, that in this liminal space in between jobs, that there's a sense of being an outcast, wondering if anyone will return a call, if anything you've done is still of value. There's this question of what's an ATS and am I lost in it? Is LinkedIn finding me? Am I being seen? These are all the things that we could imagine against a fairy tale when you have been thrust into the dark woods and it's an initiation where you are to learn your grit and your worth. Can you climb up that mountain? Can you slay the dragon? And can you come back to the community with something new to offer and bring? And as you can imagine, something like that, everybody want, would want to have like a Sherpa or at least an Excalibur. Um, because it, it's a kind of a frightening place, honestly. And that's what I've seen through my thousands of conversations, many tears and a lot of, uh, a lot of tension and anxiety out there, I'd say. So I, you know, you, you, first off, I so resonate to ghosting, um, to oh. me, you know, it was in, interesting in my career, you know, I was running a multi-billion dollar company. Everyone returned my phone calls when I decided to go off on my own and make a career life change. You know, I followed your, you know, hero journey because it is hero journey. It's amazing how people didn't return phone calls. I'm like, huh? 
yes. you know, it was like, it was like a, a shocker. It's so uh, shocking. It's yeah. so shocking, Evan. And you know what? It is tied to something really primal in humans. Um, you know, our nervous systems are not advancing as fast as our technology. And so being ghosted is very quickly reminiscent of being kicked out of the cave and left outside at night to be eaten by something ferocious. Um, yeah. It very quickly hits you as I'm outcast. It's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that a lot of people don't get that the person ghosting you is ghosting you about their own issues. Right. Yeah. But what I, what I coach my kids is life is about integrity. And every time you're out of integrity, you take a chip at yourself. And that you don't have to call everyone back, but you need to communicate to everyone. Send them an email saying, I'm sorry, I have no longer interest. Or you need to you need to have integrity in your communication. And I I think to me it's one of the most important things. I know we've gone a little off topic here, but I thought it would be worth a moment talking about job hunt, let's say pre-pandemic. Let's go back, let's say five years. Mm -hmm to a job hunt today, mm -hmm. what are the differences? And why don't we do it for both the person looking and then maybe swing back and talk about the person hiring? What, yeah. What's changed? I think that I would say for sure that there is um, an honesty and a recognition of how critical authentic relating is. Now it's always been critical in forming a new relationship I would imagine as a hiring manager, well, talking with all my clients as hiring managers, the most important thing is that they find somebody that they can trust, that they know told them the truth in the interview, that they are sure will receive feedback well, these kinds of things. They need to be able to interrelate. But in kind of pre-pandemic time, um, interviewing was always in person. It was pretty much laborious. There wasn't a chance really to kind of have maybe a gentle touch point, a chance to kind of even get chemistry. Um, so it's interesting now post pandemic that we have these touch points and we have a chance to actually settle first to say, how does this feel? And can I explore in just 30 minutes, the idea of what it is that I'm visioning and looking for and being curious in that from the other person, you know, that the interviews before were always an hour, as I mentioned on site. So you kind of dive into a big story off the bat. But imagine now a chance, almost a little bit of speed dating, but a chance to just kind of connect to chemistry. So what I teach a lot to people is authentic relating and more hmm. than ever, both sides says it's essential. So let, let's dive into that right now. What do you mean by a thought authentic relating? Yeah. And can you share like an example? Absolutely. So what I've come to find is if you were to go into onto the internet right now and pull up uh, interviewing skills, tips, you're going to find typically going back to the start of when anybody gave any advice that you need to prepare and long and hard and mock interview and be ready to perform because it's competitive out there. And, you know, it's this very kind of hyper competitive um, performance oriented um, messaging. Now, what happens with that is uh, it, it separates the person actually from authentic expression because they anticipate who their competition is or what's expected. So they start to try to give it. So imagine you're an introvert and now you try to express yourself 
as an extrovert. That's inauthentic. Um, There is a way for you to express yourself still within an introverted affect with words and how you can be direct. And you can say things like, this is my vision, or I'm deeply passionate. Here are the choices I made. So what I do when I train people in interviewing is I change it from performance to service. And this is huge. And I almost, when I say this to people, you can almost feel the energy move from the head down to the heart. Because I say, this is a service. How can I help you know me? And when you interview that way, Evan, something really interesting also happens. That is that there's now bandwidth for the person on the other end to maybe be unskilled at interviewing. And so now the interviewer can hold space and not feel disconnected or move to inauthentic place because they feel like they're being judged simply because the interviewer stalled or was uncomfortable or didn't know how to kind of go to the next question or maybe was a little too aggressive. Now, if you're interviewing from a place of service, you can deeply serve and care and make sure they get the information they need. So that's the basic rub of it, service versus performance. But what I'm hearing from you is that the interviewer needs to create a safe space for the interviewee to be authentic. Yes. And, you know, I remember once looking for a job, and this is 30 years ago, where a person literally asked me to list my top 10 strengths and my top 10 weaknesses. <laughs> now, I had prepared for my like top two or three strengths and my top two or three weaknesses. I had not prepared for my top 10 strengths and my top 10 weaknesses. And, you know, I, I honestly thought it was an absurd question. But I realized that the real question that he was asking is, how well could I do under stress? That's mm-hmm. what I at least, that's the only explanation I come up for such a terrible question. <laughs> you know, I I would think too, being in the middle of thousands of debriefs between my hiring authority and the professional, that they also may have been curious to see how well a person knows themselves and how far they'll plumb and even maybe how creative they could be. Because when you just said that, I went through my top three, but you know what popped into my head was that I make brownies and they're gone in a day. They don't last a week, you know? So you never know what's going to come out. And I do, and I know many of you are listening, so you can't see this, but Evan can. I tell people that when there's a difficult question, I want you to be able to even touch your chin and say, oh, mm, look away and say, let's see. Because that's part of the authentic moment as well, is that we need stillness and space to think about ourselves and to be reflective and to be able to be of service to the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're all over the place, but I'm going to bring us back and shift topics a little bit. Your company's called Career Ecology. Yeah. Why? Yes. You know, uh, I'm a biomimic. Have you heard that term? Are you familiar with that one? I have not. I've heard of mimic and I've (laughs) heard of bio. So there's a company, there's an organization, the Biomimicry Institute that I've been following for years. And uh, they're in the space of everything sustainable, engineering, um, but also social innovations. And it's the idea that the natural world is successful after 6.5 billion years of continuous evolution. And I have observed that certainly in my work, because my deep work of recruiter, as well as this empowerment kind of doula Sherpa, you know, as I mentioned, 
is to take it out of this monocrop, if I kind of go to also like the farming analogy, out of the monocrop and into something biodynamic. Um, how do we collaborate with chance? How do we keep our balance amid surprises? So when I came up with the idea of, uh, of what would I call this service, career ecology, because the word ecology is the idea of a bioorganism that is in authentic relationship, and how else would it be, I suppose, with its environment, external and internal. And I find that most people I work with are interested in being accepted and succeeding, um, but not necessarily integrating authentically in their environment. And when you do do that, now you can keep your balance. Now you can evolve. You can sense in and decide how to adapt. And that's the way nature's done it. And so I look to that and I say, let's mimic that in every way possible. And I think we all know deep down what that is because we, at the end of the day, are animals. So if we say, <laughs> hey, you know, what works for the bee might work for me. So, you know, yeah. uh, it's completely off topic, but it's kind of funny. I remember many, many years ago watching a documentary on the dating habits of man versus animals. They showed examples of animals where the animal would touch themselves and the other animal would touch themselves and mimic back. And then they yeah. would show videos of people on dates and they, you know, they, you know, some, you know, somebody crossed their hands, the other one crossed their hand because they're just mimicking each other. So what you said, yes. it's, you know, it kind of, it kind of, uh, share, it kind of, kind of came up to me. Yeah. So, it's mirroring. That is a very, very real part of nature. And if you don't mind, I'm going to drop this in too, because you just made me think of it. Um, in our conversation or maybe even our prep, we, oh, in our conversation, we talked about ghosting. I, I think about it all the time, but in the biomimic sense, ghosting would be very dangerous in the natural world. If you, when you go outside and you hear that bird, it's chirping so that it will get a call and response. It chirps yeah. so that it's mate or family will chirp back and they know they are okay. Or they found food. Humans, not only are we poor with that call and response, which is so important for bringing a sense of security to a group. Um, but we also fail to share our successes. When a bee comes back from a pollination event, it does a waggle dance and it's in the hive and it literally dances around and it's little, doo -doo -doo. I mean, you know, it'd be funny if little music, but you know, probably a little bit yeah. of humming and all the other bees now say, oh, and the, you know, the waggle is really interesting because whatever direction they're standing in and how fast they waggle, it gives a, a compass to the other. So they know where to fly, um, north, northeast, up, down, whatever, when they leave the hive. So there is an intrinsic deep sharing um, mentality um, that animals do that we know we succeed. I saw in when I was reading your bio, I saw you did, you have something beautiful. It's like a co-op for Amazon sellers. And I thought, he's doing it. He's a biomimic. You are going with the idea of webbing and connecting and sharing so that everybody can rise and be better. That's how it works in the natural world. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the tough question. Okay. I always I didn't do this in the prep, but I always tell somebody that you watch it. They're going to be at some point. It's going to be a tough question. <laughs> yeah. I love everything you said, but what advice do you give to a person who shows up to an interview for a company they really want to work for, but there is an old school interviewer? who is not giving you the space to be authentic. Yeah. What's your advice there? My advice is 
hundred percent still bring it because what you'll do is as you are showing up authentically, you are still very professional. And when that person who's coming in a really um, kind of traditional way, you'll have a sense maybe of, okay, this isn't going to go very deep. We're not going to have a chance to really get to know each other rather than have your ego um, trigger some sort of defensiveness or some sort of, okay, I better go into this mode which still is inauthentic, which still will harm the interview. Because even if the interviewer is not skilled at how to create that kind of warm or that kind of inviting environment, they still sense whether or not this person that they're talking to is authentic. Everybody needs to know that who they're talking to and what they're saying is real. So, you know, this is a funny story. This is, I've got one particular recruiter, internal recruiter with one of my top clients. Um, and this sort of relates to that, but it's a funny story. So bless her heart. So she doesn't realize that her tone of voice is Kim Kardashian. Okay. So imagine you're interviewing with Kim Kardashian. And, um, and so she would ask this point. So let's say you're interviewing with me and she'd say, so Evan, um, you know, I want to know, um, why you're interested in this position. Okay. So what's interesting about that is that that would trigger somebody to think, well, okay, that's interesting sounding and there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with the job. Again, a moment of natural separation, inauthenticity, a lot can happen there. The interview can start to kind of fall apart. And so what I, when I train through the mindful interviewing, the person will now lean in, noticing that something's off, um, something seems out of sync, you know, what is this? And they'll lean in with this, like, let me help here. Cause this, there's just, there's something that needs to be filled in. There's something that you're looking for and they can overcome that. So when you come in authentic, you can even overcome the traditional interviewer that's nervous or just isn't trained as reading off a sheet and really not doing a good job at expressing themselves as someone that you'd be attracted to. You can actually help yeah. just by being authentic. Tortle Training's Learning Matter experts are passionate about designing effective solutions that move the needle. Whether your organization needs development of e-learning courses, instructor-led training, or assistance with creating optimized electronic versions of employee handbooks, our team can help. To learn more, visit tortle.com slash learning dash development. Okay, let's shift gears to Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And I did a, I wrote a, a book about leadership in particular to the younger generations. And I, I looked at, uh, Gen Z and Gen Y extensively. Uh, and I came to a conclusion that most people don't, which is they're the best, newest generation in the workplace ever. I agree. Yeah. Uh, they love to, they, they love training. They, yeah. they're goal oriented because they, yeah. they're used to wanting to win video mm -hmm. games and other, and other things. Yeah. And you're going to lose them if you don't challenge them but if you challenge them, they're going to grow faster, quicker, and be more effective than any other generation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But my question, I guess, to you is, and because a lot of people on the show are hiring, mm -hmm. how should they look at generations differently in the lens of the kinds of jobs they place, what they do? I mean, it's against law to be to make a decision based on age. Yeah. It's not against a lot to make a decision based on personality type. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So let's maybe just simply say, based on different personalities and things of that nature, how do you shift in the hiring when you're dealing with, we'll just call it a Gen Z 
stereotypical personality. Mm. I have two words for that. Um, diversity and cooperation, uh, as a hiring manager. Um, and I think we're seeing this in the world right now. I think we're being finally pressured to understand that our lack of capacity as human beings to understand and accept that diversity is our, are actually our greatest, most important aspect to growing and succeeding in a changing world. Again, look at the natural system out there. Um, ton of, you know, there's how many types of trees are there with um, stone fruit. I mean, it's a millions of different types of species. Um, we need in order to succeed and to be able to manage any sort of shift that happens socially, environmentally, economically, um, also climactically, diversity is the most important thing. So getting, making sure you've got enough of those Gen Zers and you've got those Xers and you've got the, you've got that greatest generation that are still in there. And we're all coming in and we're saying, how do we interweave our own perspectives and life experiences and have a conversation where we celebrate the fact that we are not a monocrop here. We are not growing only almonds. We are a very dynamic, biodynamic farm. So it's different than the way people in the past would hire for diversity candidates trying to meet some sort of quota. This is actually a scientific proven necessary thing to do in order to survive and thrive in this world. And companies are organisms and they grow and they shrink and they die away and they evolve. There's a lot to look at there. So I think it's kind of a fun way to consider that. And just bring them in, bring in that voice and that perspective. I so agree with you. Mm. Diversity is not about making the world better and fairer. Mm -hmm. Diversity is about making better companies yes. that are more innovative, understand the diversity of the customer base and give them vitality and energy. It is literally good business. Evan, I have chills all over my, my scalp right now. And that's what happens to me when I hear truths. 100% keep getting that message out there. It is a flip because there's such a defensive feeling in this diversity question. And we just look out there to the natural world and understand it's the greatest gift we've been given. So I'm yeah. with you, 1,000%. We, the Learning Network actually has courses on diversity, equity, inclusion. And we always start with the benefits Mm -hmm. And, and that it, this is not, this is about the right thing for business. Yes. Because I, I, I think there are a lot of people that are very confused. Yes. Um, very confused. Absolutely. If I can make a recommendation to the listeners, there's a movie to watch that's called The Biggest Little Farm. And it's a true story about a couple here in California. And they decided to start a farm and they wanted to go biodynamic, which is based on Rudolf Steiner, um, this idea that you need all the elements, animals, predators, um, insects, uh, tons of different varieties, and how that comes together so that that farm, that living awakening ecosystem can adapt and thrive. The story is fascinating. And it's something that every CEO, I believe, should watch and institute. Very the name inspiring. of the book again is The Little Farm. So it's farm. a movie called The Biggest oh, right. Little Farm, and it's uh, on YouTube for $1.99. The Biggest Little Farm. How cool. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so, Lori, I think there's been a great conversation, and uh, I think our guests would love to know a lot more about you and your company and what you do and the types of people you work with. Um, there are many people 
here that um, might want to look at you and say, gee, I need to think about my career and I know you can help them. And then people that are looking to hire, I know you can help them. Yeah. So please share with everyone uh, what, what you do and, and who mm. you like working with. Mm, thank you. This is my life's work. Um, deeply, I feel very lucky to be alive at this time with so much transition going on because uh, that idea of coming forward as one is into that authenticity as a leader or as a job seeker. So career ecology is available for anyone who feels that transition and wants to understand what are those internal cultural systems, certainly outplacement, that word, please let it go. Um, we want to say, no, you're not being outplaced. This is a moment where we're going to support your empowerment. Our business is simply shifting. It is shape-shifting its design. That's what nature does. That's how we evolve. And we want to help you, empower you to, to also shape-shift into your next chapter. That's a big area. I feel very, very drawn to make a significant impact there. Many of the people I work with fall into deep depressions, um, almost go homeless in some cases, uh, stop taking meds, stop exercising, stop hugging their kids. The, the other end of outplacement is very dark. And, uh, and that's one place I'd love to be of support to anyone and bring that cost down under 500 because right now it's up there in the 3000s or 4000s for something that's really just based on um, protection. You know, outplacement is a legal, a legal uh, part of severance. And it's really not there to help, I don't think. Um, so that as well as the job seeker, um, authentic relating across every touch point um, so that you feel empowered the rest of the day of your life to be yourself. So yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I hate to tell you how much I paid for outplacement. Oh my now, gosh. First off, I wasn't let go. Yes. And I chose to hire an outplacement company because I wanted to understand what I should be doing with my life. Yeah. And um, I paid $25,000 and this is like 18 years ago. Oh, what would that be worth today? <laughs> yeah. Well, pro probably because inflation I've had like 50 or 60. <laughs> But, uh, but you yeah. know something that was worth every penny. Yeah. Cause you, you know, it's the Sherpa. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I also had, you know, people like yourselves that were very experienced and very helpful. Yeah. Aww. So, um, I know you have an offer. I'd love to have you share that offer with everyone. Yeah. Um, anybody that would like to come in and just have a chat and learn more, um, I'm always available Tuesdays at 4.30 on live Zoom. And uh, I'm even going to be there today. We're actually, we're going to talk about fear. You know, fear, it has just to do with Just so the work. audience knows, yeah. it's Tuesday for us. But when you're listening to it, it probably isn't. <laughs> it's a one in seven chance. There <laughs> you Tuesday. go. That's a very good point. Always every Tuesday, depending on what day of the week, 4.30 PST. Um, you can always join on in from the website in the footer, um, but I am going to guide you directly to that link. And also 10% off of anything, all of my services, and also Way of the Monarch. Um, that is the hero's journey book that I've written that is a four-month experiential. And um, there's a lot to it, including yin yoga. And we'll talk about that another day. Um, but you can come in and come through the first chapter, which talks about antagonistic mentoring. How is a layoff? How is a crisis? How is any situation actually an enormous gift? Um, how is that an antagonistic mentor? So come on in. So I'm going to review this for everyone. First, you will? yes, because this is important. And, yeah. and, you know, I think sometimes it's hard to hear something and get it fully the first time. And for mm -hmm. me, because you told me before the show, I think I really get it. 
every Tuesday at 4.30, you have an open Zoom for anybody yeah. who can ask questions and talk and get support, which yeah. that's, a, that's a tremendous gift to the world. I mean, it, it, it really is. Thank you. Um, yeah. And then you have a book where you're sharing your first chapter with mm -hmm. of the book. And then you're offering a free talk to me, which is great. And then you're offering 10% off. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to go right now and say best offer of any guest in my 170 some odd episode. Oh my gosh, you just made but my you, day a year. <laughs> but you got to tell people the URL. Yes. Okay. So here we go. It is career ecology, just as those two words are spelled in our English language, careerecology.com backslash, wait a minute, forward slash, sorry, back or forward, right? Forward slash podcast, forward slash unleashed. Okay, okay. that's it. One, one more time, because a lot of people are listening and people can always go to trainingunleashed.net mm -hmm. and it will be in our description, but yes. go ahead one more time with okay, the URL. One more time careerecology.com forward slash podcast forward slash unleashed. Yes. Right. Thank you for such a great <laughs> offer. Yeah. Lori, as you know, we always end the show with, if you have one tip, what yeah. would that one tip be that you would like to share? Mm. And I love how you said too, it might change during our conversation. Cause I talked about already um, the idea of diversity and cooperation, which are two tips, which are still stand. <laughs> um, but you know what I want to say here? I want to say my tip is drop in to that wild landscape of your heart and, and imagine leading and making choices that are fully felt. Um, you will certainly analyze it with your ego mind as you should, but once that part is done, take a deep internal, you know, breath in and out to kind of cleanse and then say, I'm open to the guidance. It'll take you 48 hours for the introverted quiet heart to actually whisper up through the ego because the ego takes all the space in the room for it to whisper up and give you poetic form for the moment. So try practicing that wait two days before you make a decision and actually ask your heart what it thinks is best for you. Okay. So say it one more time. Yes, how this process works. Yeah. You have a decision to make, and let's imagine you're even deciding whether or not to accept a position, and you receive the offer. Write it down, first through your ego lens. What is the compensation, the location, the schedule, the title, the opportunity? All of this gets written down and analyzed, and the ego is good at this. It's comparing maybe one against the other and what you've done in the past. Once that analysis is done, then you take a deep breath in and out, which is a cleansing separating from an energetic viewpoint. And then you'll say, I'm open to the guidance. And you can really even touch your heart, but you're saying to your heart, I'm open to the guidance. And the heart takes two days, 48 hours minimum to be able to be heard because the ego is so loud and so encompassing in our minds and what also society tells us to pay attention to that you will start to feel a sense of gravity. You will start to sense into which way to go that's aligned with your highest good. And when I did that to become a recruiter, I decided to take the path of a pay cut from 180,000 as, as an executive at a bank down to 40,000 draw. That's not even a base. I owe that money back next month. 
I chose it because I knew I wanted to practice radical kindness post 9-11. And had I not listened to my heart and took that kind of pay cut and moved to Oregon, I wouldn't be here with you right now. So it's, it's, a, oh. it's an important thing to try. Yeah. Yeah. Super tip. Thank you very yeah. much. You're welcome. I want to thank all of our listeners and TV watchers. Without you, we wouldn't have a show. I want to thank our sponsors, C-Suite TV and radio. And I want to thank Lori. Appreciate you as a guest. Grateful. Thank you so much for having me. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net, T-O-R-T-A-L, tortal.net. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>